0: This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, I ask everyone about rituals. Ooh.
1: What do you get when you gobble down sweets? Eating as much as... This is what a joey sounds like.
2: What do you get when you fall in love? Something else sounds like an heron. Yes, that's that's what an heron sounds like. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And this is what an executive producer and yacht rocker, Jess Vander, sounds like.
0: Hi, this is Jess. I feel like I am multiple times a yacht rocker, so it's now a sign that I need to go learn about what that exactly is. going will yeah, be there. Fair.
2: Yeah, I'll join you. It's true. Um... I, you know the only thing that we have, I think, in terms of housekeeping, cleaning, et cetera, is just the, the the you know what, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh it is cough sick season around critical <laughs> nonsense, so you might hear some coughs. Yeah. You might he- <laughs> some of you <laughs> might hear my you might hear that from me the Ooh. um, and I'm sorry that you have to hear it in your in your ears or in your subway cars or your car cars or houses. So well,
1: it's air, fine, air- when you made the sound for, I don't know why it made me think of the word "twitterpated" from Bambi. Yes, yes. So if we sound twitterpated, you know that's why.
2: Twitterpated. We'll be back on our feet in no time. It's just a little, little cough, cough, snuff, snuff. Oh, what's a little bronchitis between
1: friends?
0: Exactly. Oh, yes.
1: Well
2: put. <laughs> oh, oh, I got the chitis. Got the got the chitis. The <laughs> It's a different type of theitis, and I, I, I <laughs> co-signed this. Um, I don't know if we can consider it, but you know what? It looks like the doormat's been shaken out. This house is clean. Motussin um,
1: for your kitus.
2: Eh, Yo. All right. If we're going to keep doing it, I'm going to talk about <laughs> Mucinex because I've, I have my double cocktail of Mucinex and uh, Dayquil and NyQuil, you know, and who? Aside from flying like a kite, uh, I, am, I am clear. I, I am Mucinex, ready to board the flight. Yes,
1: Mucinex is a modern miracle, and also it turns you into a desiccated scarab. Yes, true. Um, yes, so these it's are true. the things that it's you true. I just have to deal with. You're just preserved in amber forever, and yes. um, future generations will be able to find you preserved take your dna and reconstitute you in an amusement park but you you know the mucus is gone so it's great
2: well and here i thought they were gonna find me preserved underneath a pyramid um you know sort of like <laughs> muttering emo tip and then uh rachel weiss would solve the world's problems but you know what it, it, as she fine. does it's fine she does that she does well brendan uh, Fraser, <laughs> shouts to you too hat tip hat
1: tip uh Oh you're you're going the Brendan Fraser route not the Tom Cruise route. Oh okay. Got yeah it.
2: yeah yeah no let's <laughs> let's let's not let that happen because I refuse to admit that that mummy ever happened. For those Great. of you who followed this this is Joey and Aaron talking about movies. Welcome Sick to talk. Movie Phone.
0: <laughs> oh interesting because now that we're here and the house was clean but then we just you just like ran back in because you forgot your keys and you have yes. your shoes on and it was like, yes. no. And then, you know, you're like, yes. I'll swim for that later. Yes. So we have this moment where I don't know about you, but I, I think I growing up like didn't fully appreciate that brand names of medicines were not like the birth certificate names of these medicines. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I have a list obviously of, of, course. <laughs> of the, of the actual birth names of the medicines. I love this. And do you want to hear them?
1: Yes. Uh, no, I was, I was just going to say this was like a thing that I was into when I was a child for some reason because my mom was a nurse. So I'd be ah. like, hmm, a, a, a acetaminophen, naproxen sodium, diphenhydramine, ibuprofen, like, yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So just like the ones that I know and because they're like the. Very are very common ones, but certainly are by no means like the only big ones. I've got guaifenesin, which is the expectorant like a mucinex. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. got, uh, which is actually different from dextromethorphan, which is the antitussive, which basically means like ant- antitussive is no cuff. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so, so one thing gets no it mal-tussin. up, it's a dislodger, and then the other is like, get it out um acetaminophen uh mm-hmm. that's pain and fever not ibuprofen which is reducing inflammation tylenol. that's the tylenol advil split boom mm-hmm. or motrin mm-hmm. boom uh acidic acid oh my god okay you're an overachiever. we get it okay Aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we have phenylephrine nasal decongestant and then there's like a bunch of other which is fake
1: are you aware of the, the tea on phenylephrine? Oh my God, Not tell real. us more. Not real. Doesn't Not do real. anything. Is, but,
0: is oxymetazoline it, functional?
1: Uh, the one, the only one that I'm aware of that is non-functional is phenylephrine because it was used in the moment when we took pseudephedrine off of the shelves <sighs> and they replaced it with phenylephrine so people weren't making meth with like over the counter cold but. medicine, except it doesn't do anything. <laughs> like there's a bunch of stuff, like including like some congressional stuff. Of, like, wait, what's happening? Like they, we we're just putting this thing in and telling people it like decongests them, and it doesn't. Okay, great, cool, cool, cool. Wow,
0: and that is the beauty of science, where we think things, and then we learn new things, and then we're wrong. That's
2: and so, right. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna move us to the door door frame.
0: Yeah. Right. Great idea.
2: <laughs> but. As we step out of this clean house, ibuprofen, ibuprofen. How do you I really pronounce? It? But but do you pronounce it? Boo, ibu. You boo do ibu. You do ibuprofen. How boo. do you I you say ibu? Yeah. I I colloquialize it to ibuprofen. I pretend like it's a like it's a <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone's name. Like either ibuprofen or it's like an I initialism be. of like ibuprofen wrote this poem. <laughs> you know, like that's all so, that's just how i do it so dame um, ibuprofen right, <laughs> let's link our arms together and walk out of this clean house that is Thank now goodness so spanned. We, we made a mess we made a mess we just mess. left <laughs> we'll be back in there next week uh now that we're starting the podcast uh, jess i feel like um you 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 have you've got mine grapes that require some wine making i do sorry i'm sick come come them
0: happening. with me ooh <laughs> 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 great mm-hmm. this last week has been a confluence of several things that remind me of ritual the first uh is the shocking uh sort of uh almost Impossible, yet many times over, repeated feat of building pyramids. Mm. Like a pyramid is very hard to build. It is, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it is definition Mm -hmm. definitionally very hard to build, and Mm -hmm. um, so many, so many were made, Mm -hmm. and like a certain way. And I, um, you know, this is sparked by uh, an archaeological excursion that I went on. Uh, about the pyramids in Mesoamerica, of which there are many, and more and more being discovered as we speak. Um, but it was just shocking to me that like, something so difficult has been repeated many times for spiritual and communal and many other reasons. Geometrical. Conver- right. Uh, astronomical. Um, <laughs> this converges with another thing that is happening right now. The Lunar New Year approaches,
2: mm-hmm. and every mm-hmm. Lunar
0: New Year, I was just talking with my family about what foods we would be eating, and dumplings are consumed mm-hmm. uh, because they resemble the form of the the old school uh, golden ingot, um, and other symbolic foods are eaten, and we all just agree that that's what we eat on. Like mm-hmm. everyone, everyone is eating this food at this time of year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like that's. It's shocking how many people are like aligned on that in the same way that like everyone's like yes on Thanksgiving it is turkey that we shall eat and yes there are deviants, but like largely that's the thing we aligned on. So it's just like okay we get it it's like dumpling time. And then you can't you have to acknowledge this this new um, this new phenomenon. Anytime you start a new personal ritual you it's like a surprising thing. And for me I fall in love with. Um, chai at home. And I'm uh, no sponsors, but also I'm a big fan of Kolkata chai, the upstart in New York City. Very good. And they have a package that you can use and make a chai kit at home. And I've been making it and I've found, wow, this is like an extremely, it's it's not that difficult, but it is, you know, an extremely intentional ritual to have in the mornings that many, many people on this earth partake in daily and to feel any, you know, this is not something I grew up with, but to feel like I am playing some part in this ritual is really interesting because it is such a thing for so many people and being on the precipice of a new ritual is very interesting. So the pyramids, dumpling time, chai. (laughs) This means there just has to be something about rituals that we love. And so I would love to explore with you both some theories that we might have about why we love rituals so much. Why?
2: Sorry. <laughs> I love that there was a woodblock and then a very uh, pointed uh, re, <laughs> reinforcement of the why. It sounded, it sounded like the Dave Chappelle why from Half Baked. <laughs> When it he did, was, it yeah. did. Oh Dave yeah, Chappelle. Yes. So many, so many thoughts about Dave Chappelle. Um so you know, I my my knee jerk reaction, I feel like ritual comes up a lot in the in different contexts of like the work that we do and stuff like that. I feel like it ends up in projects every couple of years. There's a conversation about ritual and the importance of it. Um and one thing that stands out above it all is that, yo, we love us some structure. We, as human beings, are constantly looking to just, like, taxonomize everything possible. Taxonomize, taxonify. No, let's just run with it. Um, to apply taxonomy uh, uh, to everything. And so I think that ritual is a way to, like, create, to, to taxonomize time like it cuz i think there's stretch there's a stretch in how you could maybe define a ritual and i'm curious if you think that it's actually the stretchy there's like a calendar like just saying that like monday the 3rd of june is always monday the 3rd of june that's a ritual just you know that's a that's a structure of time um it doesn't work that way gregor <laughs> you with your silly calendar approach uh god i wish we did the mayan calendar instead um but it just makes more sense it's even the whole way around There's instead of random it. 28 30 and 31 it doesn't make sense that we use the gregorian calendar i i know i'm not the only person that's thought about this uh but i it's, as much as it is about time it is also about uh well i was gonna say community but i'm, I'm gonna stop on time because actually i i I would imagine we'll talk about community and whether or not that's actually a thing. But th- well, that's
1: I, my thought. I I have
2: strong opinions about No.
1: This. No. no. What? No. what? No.
0: Joey. Never.
1: Uh first of all, Gong Hei Fa Choi or Shinyang Yang Uh I mm-hmm. asked Esther how to say it in Korean today, but I couldn't pronounce it. Um mm-hmm. and she was saying it really fast. Um I I think rituals for me personally individually are about uh like uh external cues for mind state entering like mm. like for lack of a better term like in the same way like I come to the office so that I can hit enough cues to be like it's work time, you know um. Like at Christmas, like there are these things that my family does that are like, okay, like you're entering into like revelry and, you know, celebration of family. And, and, um, I like the, or, or like Fourth of July, like you're outside, you're barbecuing, like you, it helps you enter like the appropriate mind state and synchronize with the people that you're with. And I get really frustrated because, My wife's family doesn't, like, do any of the ritualistic things. And I'm like, why can't we do, like, at, like, holiday events or whatever? Like, they treat it like any other, like, if we're just having a meal together on, like, a regular Sunday or something like that. I'm like, no, I want, I want to, like, make this a thing. Come on.
0: Make it a thing. Come on. Exactly. And this is why, so on this exact subject is why I was really interested um, when I came across this academic paper on the subject. Oh my God, who am I, Joey? Um, called Ritual Play and Belief in Evolution in Early Human Societies. Mm. And it was, um, here, here's uh, how it describes play and then how it relates to ritual. So they say, quote, play is repeated incompletely functional behavior different from more serious versions structurally, contextually, or ontogenetically, and initiated where the animal is in a relaxed or low-stress setting. Cool. That's how we play. Ritual, on the other hand, or in a similar hand, I guess, is where that play transcends from one individual into a community and or a group of people. And as I was reading this, I was like, oh my God, it's like, this is a chance to play as a group. Like we all were taught growing up how to play this game. Like we were we were taught some rules of like, this is just the way it's played. Like you just have to have these cards, <laughs> these foods, <laughs> these things. And then now we all know those rules. So then we can do the thing together. And because we know them, it makes it fun because now we this is the thing that we share. And when you talk about like that synchrony That's what this made me think of too, right? It's like, it doesn't work unless you all know what the rules are. But if you do, now we're like, cool, we're all like, we're all doing it. And that is that special feeling of, you know, being uh, uniquely in lockstep and that that is like a fun, That is, it's like ultimately for fun uh, just because we're wired like that.
2: There's a question to me like when I think about the types of rituals that y'all are talking about like holiday cues or social things I think as well about like the the like uh, colloquial use of ritual in other ways too. like I mean that's colloquial too but I'm thinking about individual ritual like let's say someone wants to start a new habit of meditating or something like that right. And that there is an intention to it. There's an elevation to it. There's that signal of like mode shift that I think that you talked about, Joey, too, mm-hmm. of that. But it's like in and of itself, it's something that's like kind of consecrated and something that's like not just like the everything else. And it's something that you get to do on a regular basis. And I'm curious if you think that like I think that sometimes like habit, routine and ritual can all they're all different ideas. And I think that sometimes we sort of take habits and we try to treat them as rituals to elevate them, make them special, make them intentional. But like, is that, is that real? Is that a thing?
0: Well, this is, I think, so I came across this other piece on the subject by, uh, on National Geographic and th- they had a similar theory and, and we positing that it is real, that the distinction of ritual specifically is when, there is, like, some social significance of this behavior that takes precedence over a practical use. Like, mm. maybe you start functionally with doing something because it's, like, it, you know, it is serving some more practical purpose. But in time, that that thing gains this new meaning. The, the example that they gave was actually, like, you know, potentially in um, – earlier societies, there may have been ritualized ways of preparing food or cleaning the body just to prevent disease. But eventually that practice became like a psychological comfort in the face Mm. of hardship. And then you're doing it not because even of those needs, just you're doing it because you do it. Like you're Mm -hmm. doing it because that is the way we do things and it makes you feel safe, which in some ways is also like an interesting test of the the fun, the play, the more like positive side of ritual. There are others that probably are driven by more basal human needs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The, there's like, mm. I mean, uh, the, there's a definite religious connotation or spiritual connotation to the word ritual. And I, but what is interesting is, the fact, you know, like when you pull up the definition, the third definition is a series of actions or types of behaviors regularly and invariably followed by someone. Whereas the first definition is a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. But I think in both, like everything that we've all said right now still applies right like in that like mind state entering and time orientation it's about like you know the like muslim prayer rituals of praying five times a day is about sort of trying to put yourself into uh, a state of worship engaging with your faith and gratitude and orientation same as you know christian or uh, Judaism or or other faith traditions. It's trying to enter into that, like, uh, you know, religious orientation where you're connecting with your faith. But it's also that point about how even things that could be functional, right? Like ritualistic behaviors related to free throw shooting, for example, right? Like the idea is you start them as ways to like calm yourself down, take a moment, breathe, whatever. But then you sort of get stuck in the behavior and that becomes like your only pathway to enter that mind state is sort of interesting as well.
0: Right. That's almost where, Aaron, your earlier point about our love of structure and taxonomy morphs and evolves into like something... Superstitious mm-hmm. <laughs> like you you ascribe this meaning on top, um so that it's it's no longer just following those steps and playing by those rules. it's like and there's this special sauce that is important now the the consecration, yeah,
2: yeah, something that's like above and more important than just the thing itself, but also like the other rule too of like. And maybe this is just me getting into religion. So maybe I'm just taking it too far. But the idea that then there is like a right and wrong that's just beyond like, oh, we've always done it this way. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, there actually is a there is a higher reason why we do it this way and why we do this thing. And um, for some reason, I immediately thought about the difference between like going to like church on a Sunday versus going to my first time at a kickboxing class, which has happened. And, um, <laughs> you know, it feels really awkward when you go into that kick- kickboxing class that everybody else has been to over and over and over again that they prioritize every week on their schedule. You're the new person and everyone knows the moves and knows like the cheers and the chants. And like, <laughs> there's like call backs and forth with the, the person running the class. And you're just constantly like, oh, I am wrong. I am out of sync and I don't know what everybody else is yelling about. Like it, it it's like the the like one of these things is not like the other. I don't know how to be a part of this, but I want to be a part of this. It's interesting how ritual of course just creates that just like in-group. Like you create your world.
1: But it to your point is like making me think about the fact that it bleeds both ways. Mm-hmm. Right where you you can use ritual to generate like a spiritual moment or some other mind state that you want to achieve but sometimes rituals that weren't intended to be spiritual can somehow wind up entering into like spiritual moralistic zones Mm. like you're talking about like i think hygiene comes up in this Mm -hmm. zone a lot Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. people get into these ritualistic behaviors around the way that they deal with their own personal hygiene. And some of those are cultural, some of those are personal or familial, whatever. Like, they're quite varied, but because you you wind up ritualizing them naturally, there's a moral aspect that winds up mm-hmm. getting associated with them. And if you see online conversations about hygiene, it'll be like, you shower in the morning... I shower at night. That like that's wrong and gross. Or or
0: you don't wash your legs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. We're not going there. Yeah. The leg washing conversation. Their (laughs) damn legs. That's yes. I have Mm. I have opinions. (laughs) I have (laughs) deep opinions.
1: But the no, not the time.
0: But (laughs) I had a
1: conversation (laughs) this week with with friends about like the order of like, do you floss or brush first? And I was mm. like, there's a right answer to this, but they were like, no, my way is the right way. Like you brush first and then floss. I was like, "No, that is nope. not how Wrong. you do that. But they, that's it's, not true. They'd nope. always done it that way. It was like three people had always done it that way. So they were like moral, like they were in like a moral stance just based on ritualistic like behavior patterns. And I was like, They're like, scientists actually studied this and it's not the right way. And they're like, oh, what? Like, (laughs) and, you know, they had found themselves in that place of just like ritual had created like a moral grounding in something.
0: Yes, it's very interesting that it you could both intentionally (laughs) or unintentionally find like the the interplay between morality and ritual, I also think, per your point, Erin, that that also can span the individual and the the community, the mm. group, right? Mm. Like you could intentionally actually create a ritual to exclude other people, mm-hmm. or you could intend to create community and then it inadvertently excludes other people who don't know the rules.
2: Yes, yes. I mean I okay so I, I I will admit I'm a little bit distracted by the 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 flossing uh toothbrushing <laughs> You're
0: thing. like first flossing.
2: Cuz without a doubt that's and I'm so I have to say something that's related to that. I can't get it out of my head. The, I'm not as morally charged about this, but I do believe that it makes sense to wash your hair before you wash your face.
0: Yes. Top the, down. Yeah, so this right? is a,
2: a th-
1: a thing, cephalocodaly, mammals wash themselves cephalocodaly, like head to tail. And so th- huh. I was just going to like bring up that there's like weird genetic rituals too that are like actually like ingrained wow. in us. Like you you go head to tail in cleaning and if you've never been told that, it's just like how you do it.
0: And however, there are functional reasons this that also apply to cleaning a house if you've ever had good advice from yes. a doting a homemaker who will always tell you: you dust surfaces yes. first. You go from the top, and then the last step is the floor yes. because obviously, how you 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 do the floor and then you do the top, and then stuff falls on the floor. And now, what are you going to do if you yes. wash your face and then wash your hair? You got hair stuff on your face now. Yes. It's logic. But, oh, but so I was oh,
1: thinking you were going to say kitchen to bathroom because like. There are quadrupeds that, that it the face is not necessarily more elevated than the tail, but they still go face <sighs> to tail. And so I was That's like wise. kitchen to bathroom also kind of makes sense, even though I've never heard something like clean where you eat first and then make sure any bad stuff goes towards the bathroom, you know? I don't I know. Like <laughs> is all that a of thing this. people do.
2: I've never thought about doing that, and I really like that. I uh the I mean, I don't know. So admittedly, I was always thinking about it functionally, but, but, but I guess back to the, back to the, I'm sorry, I took a tangent.
0: No, it was, we had to, we had to,
2: we had to, I do, um, I mean, I also do think that like as many good rituals there are, there are bad rituals, but they still seem to same the same, uh, serve the same purpose. And I don't know if I'm necessarily moralizing it that much, but of course I'm thinking like satanic rituals, that's where my brain goes. (laughs) like, I whatever i grew up in ohio bad that's (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and like paint that with that panic panic satanic panic and so like uh with all that though like there is i think in there too in a lot of these rituals just there is a reaching and i think it's because we are you're right it comes from a religious context like ritual is first and foremost a religious thing and then it sort of gets uh uh um Uh, what's the word, secularized, you know, as we start to take it into other contexts. Um, So reaching for something higher up and perhaps just the act of reaching for something higher up is a fundamentally human thing. Like that, Mm -hmm. like, search for purpose, search for why, and that creates the communal aspect of it in and of itself. Is that, yeah, if if you've got these genes, at some point you're saying why, and a lot of other people are saying why, maybe we all sing the same songs and lift our arms up on the same day of the week or multiple times a week or near, genuflect, whatever. during the
0: Michigan game.
2: Oh, oh, good for you. uh, Good. Can I proper just like
1: a random theory that you just made me think, Aaron, that I've never thought about before? Please do do. Like the reaching, like the ritual component. Like there's this whole idea of like consciousness emerging, like the, you know, whatever uh uh consciousness in like the bicameral mind or whatever like the idea of like the ritual is occupying your left brain and like rel- religious experiences tend to sit in your right brain and i was just thinking about like is part of this just about like occupying your left hemisphere so that your right hemisphere can like actually engage in some of these things that are like higher order, like, you know, enlightenment, transcendence, like these like bigger emotions that sort of need your fullness of presence. And if you like fully occupy your left brain, like do this, just pay attention to your breathing over and over again, or like put this here, then put this here, then genuflect, then do whatever. Like you can enter into the right side. I have have no idea. This is just armchair theory.
0: It's another biohacking opportunity. Hack it your is. brain. Elevate to a greater place.
2: Boom. Oh, hack your brain. Elevated plane. Come on. Oh, it, was right it was right there. It was right there. When you that
1: said was so it, good. when you said it,
2: I thought you were going to say like, hack
1: your brain, hack your brain.
2: Like I was expecting a um, song. Shit. Also, hack your brain, higher plane. <laughs> I screwed up. Yeah. I, I also, I failed. I'm sorry. i was so close to it. Yeah. Um so uh uh yo M T V Jess Vander wrap up corner <laughs> any sets. Yes, <thoughts>? yes, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. We can all agree, I think, that ritual is more than repetition mm-hmm. it's more than a habit, it's more than just doing something because it makes sense. It's doing something because there's something greater there. It's something that we need that we want that brings us together, that distinguishes us, that makes us have a lot of fun that feels special uh and they are plentiful for that reason. There are some rituals that we all seem to share. There are some rituals that we are fiercely opposed on. Come on, brush second. God. Mm. But uh, what we do know is that um, they all have many purposes for us. And uh, be you a ritual person, ritual family or not, Get yourself some ritual. I don't know. I think we all could use some.
1: Treat yourself 2024. Your,
0: add
2: it to your grocery list. Boom. Bing, bang, boom, boom, bing. Bong boom bong, 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 bong.
1: Many porpoises. Many.
0: Higher porpoises. Woo! Accurate.
2: Higher this, porpoises. Is,
1: is this just porpoises <laughs> on drugs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Underwater! Oh <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: cephalopods doing drugs. They love no. drugs because no. they do so much. Oh yeah! Cephalopods on drugs.
2: Yeah, dude. Wow.
1: Am I even using the right yeah, it is cephalopods, right?
0: That's an octopus or a squid. Is that mm-hmm. what you desire?
1: Mm-hmm. I was yeah, I was not looking for cephalopods. I was looking
0: for oh.
2: Cetaceans.
0: That's a that's a whale or a dolphin. Yeah. Cetaceans. Yeah, that's
2: what I was looking at. That's the class? Or genus, whatever they're. Mm. I never yes. I don't remember the you know Kingdom
0: Phylum Class Order Family Genus Species, Aaron? Come on. Hello.
2: Well, God, apparently
0: I, I don't know that what the <laughs> well,
1: updates know. are, but apparently they've been like updating like oh, phylogeny like the taxonomy like there are new ways to partition i think maybe kingdoms is gone or
0: something what do you mean kingdoms is gone i think oh there've been goodness. updates
2: to the thinking but i don't know i don't know what they are Pluto is What's... a goddamn planet i don't care what anybody says <laughs> jesus an
0: emotional attachment fun mm-hmm. fact
1: for chinese new year there is a planetoid named Gong, Gong which means grandfather in Chinese. Oh. There's a little planet, it's a little cute. Gong Gong planetoid, a little br- little brown yeah, little planetoid, it's just it's like happy. hovering out there. Yeah.
2: All right, I feel good about mm. that.
0: Animal and fungi kingdoms are now going to be put together under the rank of empire, as the two kingdoms are closely related.
1: This is guy. of
0: the, what is called the Linnaean natural system as our predominant method for classifying organisms. It appears that this conversation originated in Oklahoma State University, but I don't know much about it. This is late breaking, so <laughs> more, more to be discovered.
2: Indeed.
1: Critical Nonsense is a Sylvain production.
2: Brought to you by a whole new world. We're talking kingdom, we're talking phylum, we're talking genus, species, and the other things that I got wrong in this sentence, but they're all coming for you right now, ladies and gentlemen. A whole new world. Rated R. As always, we'd like to
1: thank our executive producer and phylogenist, Jess Banter.
2: We'd also like to thank the crustacean of my heart and sticking claws in both of my ears, uh, sound engineer Alex Contel. Nice Thanks, friend. <laughs>
1: We'd like to thank our programming coordinator and ontologist, Les Jacobs.
2: We'd also like to thank I'm out of animal puns, uh, Sarah Gilbert <laughs> and Nora Mestridge. Thank you for all of your production help.
1: Uh, and as always, thanks, Helen. Thanks. Special thanks.
0: Special thanks, I must. Thank my father for teaching me that phylogeny recapitulates ontogeny.
2: Wow.
1: God, your dad's Just cool. Just recapitulate it.
2: <laughs> no. So, you know what? I'm going to thank my dad, too, and I'll tell you why. Because, Jess Vander, to your dad's point... I was just thinking the other day about how it was kind of cool growing up in a household that always had Science Magazine and Smithsonian like on the kitchen table, and my dad would be like, "Look at it, look at it," and I'd be like, "I, I, I mean, cool? <laughs> <No>! Yes. <laughs> like I'll leaf through it, and I just, I, uh, I like having a nerd parent. I'm really, uh, I. So thanks, Dad, for being uh, such a weird nerd." Like they, I'm just saying Hopefully Emerson feels the same way I'm, I'm yeah. moving in <laughs> Yo my, like my 20 years So my dad, I mean everybody knows this My dad's a radiologist and so like His brothers and stuff like that Like Radiology in the 60s is like the weirdest One of the weirdest things that you could possibly do Because it's like, so it's medicine But it's like nuclear Lasers? Reactors and stuff It's like, at that time, super weird So he had to be a weird guy and he is And he was
0: Also, I have to immediately correction the department myself because I think I actually reversed (gasps)
2: the
0: the order, which demonstrates my lack of understanding of the subject. But I do believe it actually, I, I do believe it is ontogeny that is the recapitulating of phylogeny. And I don't know if I said the other one, but I must say it now just to be
2: super sure. So corrections department myself, I hate my dad. I hate scientific people, parents, (laughs) and they're always wrong. And I unthank him. There we go. I think I'm there with you, Jess. All good.
0: (laughs) This also just makes sense because the whole idea of ontogeny is the way you develop and phylogeny is the the ordered system. Mm. So it only would make sense if it is in that order. So Anyway, allow me to correct myself. I'm sorry I failed you, Dad. Sorry, this is, this, I thought
2: it was, I thought it was here we are. Hey, here we are, together. And thank you all for yeah. that. It was good. It was great. I'll
1: just it was say fun. thanks for cephalocodil. For why do I remember that? I don't know, but that, is that a stuck. Really what, whatever hole. teacher taught me that, don't remember that. Just the, you know, mammals clean themselves cephalocodily. There you go. Well, we
0: did it. Mary thanks
2: Miss Mary thanks Miss to you too Thanks
0: Miss Darling bye. All right.
2: bye Love you mean it bye I be profan, wrote this poem